Hi, welcome to the Hi-Ho podcast. This is Bob Merberg. Today's episode, what's so radical about sabbatical? Don't hate us when we're on hiatus. I was at an awards reception, seated at a table with a bunch of employee benefits leaders where I couldn't even pretend to fit in. Note to self, write hi-ho posts about imposter syndrome and belonging. To my relief, Natalie, a Silicon Valley benefits bigwig seated beside me, struck up a conversation with me just as I was convincing myself everyone at our table was staring because I used the wrong fork for my salad. Natalie and I were each there to accept awards for our groundbreaking achievements. She had reduced her company's healthcare costs 400% by rolling out a reference-based pricing tool. Don't ask me what that is. I have no idea. My award was for producing a pretty sticker that promoted healthy vending machine snacks. Natalie wasn't shy about describing all the wins she'd racked up for her employer. I zoned out for most of it, but was all ears when she got to talking about her company's sabbatical policy. They offered six consecutive weeks off, paid, for every five years you worked at the company. Natalie's sabbatical policy sounded too good to be true. As I reflected on jobs in my own employer's organization, one-tenth the size of Natalie's, sabbatical seemed like a pipe dream. I expressed my doubt. Certain people in my company, I said, are the only ones with the skill set and knowledge to do their jobs. They couldn't just drop out for six weeks without major disruption, not the least of which would be extra stress for customers and coworkers. She curtly replied, well, that's not a very good business model, is it? And turned away dismissively. The rest of the evening, she kept the back of her head to me as she conversed with an actual grown-up on the other side of her, probably snickering with him about the table's business loser who used the wrong fork for salad. I ultimately was persuaded by Natalie's point, if not the way she made it. A solid organization shouldn't be dependent on one person. About 5% of employers, according to a 2019 SHRM survey, offer paid sabbaticals in which extended time off is taken consecutively and in addition to regular paid time off. Sometimes sabbaticals are designated as time for the employee to explore developmental opportunities professionally or personally. If only one person in an organization knows how to perform a job, Natalie's criterion for bad business, training others to do it in the sabbatee's absence can reduce risk of disrupting the organization when the time comes for the sabbatee to leave permanently, create job crafting opportunities for cross-trained coworkers who discover and build new skills, knowledge, and peer connections, reduce stress for employees overwhelmed by the weight of a process, service, or product resting entirely on their shoulders. Some advocates hail sabbatical as a solution for burnout, but time off 
in the absence of a broader strategy, is just an anti-burnout placebo employers dole out to placate chronically stressed employees, unlikely to deliver lasting results when employees return to the same job conditions they left. That's probably why Kira Shabram, Matt Bloom, and DJ Dodonna, writing in Research the Transformative Power of Sabbaticals, advise employers, quote, If you facilitate sabbaticals before employees are pushed to the brink, most will return with renewed energy and greater clarity. Listen to returnees pitching you new projects, requesting transfers, or embracing leadership opportunities, end quote. Companies that offer paid sabbatical, according to the Sabbatical Projects database, include Adobe, Intel, Shopify, Spotify, Autodesk. The Sabbatical Project's founder, DJ Dodonna, advises companies to build sabbatical policy based on three pillars that support employee well-being. Provide compensation during the sabbatical is number one. Number two, measure duration in months, not weeks. Number three, promote disconnection discourage use of work email, and have co-workers assume the sabbatee's responsibilities. When Natalie first awakened me to this sabbatical idea, I reacted skeptically, secretly entrenched in a delusion that my workplace would go to hell in a handbasket if I was MIA for six weeks. Someone's got to make pretty stickers. I've since come around to see that most medium and large companies can offer sabbaticals Longer, paid sabbaticals. Intel's four weeks after four years or eight weeks after seven years is a starting point. Two points sealed the deal in my mind. One, I believe employers should offer paid family leave to allow parents bonding time with a new baby or adopted child, for example. And this should be at least three months. If you think workplaces of a certain size can't afford an employee's extended absence, then you couldn't possibly support paid family leave. Surveys, however, consistently show that anywhere from 66% to 82% of Americans do support paid family leave. In fact, paid leave policies at forward-looking companies across the U.S. have shown that extended paid leave is manageable. Two, Most employers' break rooms are adorned with posters exhorting, anything is possible, believe and succeed, and teams find a way. These are almost true. When companies need to rush a new product to market, close a deal with a new client, or maintain business continuity during trying times, they find ways to get it done. When you and I are out of pocket for a few months, the organization can apply its can-do attitude to make it work and welcome us back when we return. In a survey, business school graduates' reservations about sabbatical were not always about productivity. They expressed anxiety about how they'd be perceived if they took sabbatical. Stigma, in other words, is an obstacle, as it is with most forms of time away from work in the U.S., Normalizing restorativeness, including sabbatical, is a vital element to the work at hand. 